For those that are struggling right now in these dark times for the Memphis Grizzlies, rejoice for it has been reported by Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian that John Morant is ramping up. He's getting ready for his return, starting to get some reps with the ones and the twos, actually participating in the meat and potatoes of practice. What does that mean for the Grizzlies looking ahead to tonight against the Utah Jazz as well? John Morant will not be on the floor for that one. All that and more coming up on this Wednesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Molinax of Bluff City Media, joined as always when I am uh, so fortunate to have him alongside me, Mr. DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He's the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. I am, again, Grizzlies columnist for Bluff City Media. Between the two of us, you've come to the right place if you're looking for Memphis Grizzlies content on this Wednesday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. Make sure you're checking us out on YouTube. You can also like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get podcasts. We are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Whether you are an everydayer or whether this is your first time checking out the show, everything in between, we are grateful that you are with us. Uh, DeMichael, we got some good feedback on our episode yesterday, the trial of Taylor Jenkins. I think most people in the comments disagreed with us on YouTube. Uh, but we got some good feedback expecting. in terms of liking the structure of the show. That was kind of nice. Yeah. And when I listened back to it this morning, as I normally do on my way to work, um, my gavel came through like a charm. Like that was it's yeah. like I, had I, a real I, listened, I heard it too. Yeah. Not a not a Brevin Knight uh, bobblehead, which is still here with me. Um, but it was it was a fun episode. Nice little uh, unique spin on things. Thanks, guys and gals for the feedback on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Shoot us a line. Leave us a comment. Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. Um, it's all good when it comes to giving us good or bad feedback. We love to hear from you here at Lockdown Grizzlies. Uh, DeMichael, major news. Well, I don't want to say major news because it, it's kind of assumed, but it's good to hear it actually mm-hmm. occurring. You know, we mentioned Drew Hill, one of your uh, counterparts. He's over at the Daily Memphian. He had a report today from practice that the Grizzlies are starting the process of ramping up John Morant, right? Now, you've said in the past, around December, early December, Obviously, we're a couple days away from that, so it lines up with the timeline for the most part. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Taylor Jenkins said that they were getting him in, you know, thrown to the fire, I think is what the article said. Yeah. The idea of, you know, playing against the ones, being a two, you know, maybe not being somebody that is just a scout team player anymore. What does that mean for this Grizzlies team? Is that a shot in the arm? You're close to the end of these uh, John Morantless days. Does it really matter because you still got nine games without the guy? Where do you think the team's mindset, since you're around them so much, where do you think they're thinking as Morant begins that ramp-up process, if not, you know, yesterday, then in the next couple of days? Yeah, uh, you would like to – I think this is the way uh, that I view it. You know, this is just from being around the players a lot. Uh, The players are tired of losing regardless. You know, they're – this isn't a group that's like, man – when we get job back, it'll all turn around. Like, sure, there is part of that in their heads. But at the same time, they want to win now. So the frustration that we talked about and things like that, 
Uh, that's not going to change just because John Moran is suddenly practicing, you know, with the first team uh, more than he has in the past. But uh, the other side of that is uh, getting Jai out there uh, uh, again, as we said, and it kind of alluded to in the past it, about this suspension. When we found out that he could practice with the team, here's the good part about it, because now as he ramps up, uh, when he gets back, he won't be on too much of a, you know, minutes restriction and things like that. Cause now they're throwing him into the fire as Taylor Jenkins said, and he's getting, you know, that experience. He's getting to break that sweat, you know, uh, through practices and in any of those times where the Grizzlies have two days in, in between uh, games where one day they'll have an individual uh, day uh, where he says they do their vitamin works and things like that. And then the next day they'll have a practice as they did on yesterday and they go a little bit hard. So uh, John Morant getting that experience, ramping up, uh, with the group, it's it's big for the team. I think uh, where it'll be more important is when they get more of these guys back into the fold. Uh, we know Marcus Smart, Xavier Tillman, uh, all of those guys are still out right now. Luke Kennard. I'm looking forward to uh, you know a week or two from now when when Marcus Smart you know is out of the boot because he's still in the boot right now. Uh, when Marcus Smart's out of that boot. Uh, when when Luke Kennard is, is closer to his return, Xavier Tillman is pretty much uh, ready to go as well. Uh, now, and kind of configure it because we need to see Ja with Marcus a little bit more. We, you know, we need to see more of you know Ja with the actual starters. Uh, they'll get some time to do that. There's still plenty of time. And again, the good thing about Ja Morant and incorporating him is uh, while it's going to feel kind of like a you know, in-season acquisition in a way. At the same time, it's going to be different because Josh's going to get out there. He's played with Desmond Bain for well, – this is the fourth year that they played together. This is going to be the fifth year he's played with Jaron Jackson Jr. There's just going to be a lot of familiarity with the main guys. It's just going to be him and Marcus Smart. Uh, we'll see how their timelines line up. They might get back on the same day or around the same time. Uh, Marcus Smart might beat them a little – get back a little bit sooner. We'll see how that plays out. But the main point is it's good to get John Morant kind of wrapping up. This lines up with the timeline. Uh, get him going. Get some of those injured guys back and kind of get them playing together. And then you could try to get, as you said uh, on yesterday's episode, uh, when these guys get back, you need it to jail fast. And that's why I said earlier, the players are really, really kind of, they want to win now. They're not thinking, hey, man, uh, we can kind of, whatever happens to these next six, seven, eight, nine games, it's just what happens long as we get job back in nine games, no, they want to win really, really bad. And that's why we talked a lot about the frustration around here. But guess what? Sneak a couple of these wins out. You get John Morant back. You get a couple of those other guys back. Uh, things could be trending up. If they do not win the game tonight at home against the Utah Jazz, that means they cool. will enter the month of December without having won a home basketball game. That obviously, you know, it's just numbers and days and, the nihilist view would be, you know, time is a social man-made construct. But the point is, that's a long freaking time to not win a game at it home. It is. So they are running out of time in a variety of ways. Any semblance of the cavalry coming is welcome here. And you made a great point there to Michael. One of the unique things about Jaw coming off of his suspension, it's not like Smart coming off of an injury or Kennard or Tillman. They can't play back-to-backs or they have right. some sort of issue that they're not able to get out on the floor. Jaw's good to go, right? And they, you know, maybe they ease him in because he hasn't got a lot of game reps. I could see them doing that. But once they're comfortable, this is somebody, it's almost like a soccer match where you're putting him in if, you know, it's a 90-minute match. 
you're basically inserting him in the game 20 minutes into the game, right? And now here comes a guy who is fresh, got fresh legs. It could be a shot of energy. I don't think they're going to go on a 10-game winning streak, but I do think it's exactly the kind of injection of swagger, injection of positivity, you know, especially in Memphis, maybe not around the league, maybe not among other fan bases, Mm -hmm. but in Memphis – John Morant's return is going to be well a sight for sore eyes, and that's going to be it's, very good energy to have. It's, it's going to be a hit. Uh, I, I listen. I've had so many people text me, so many people call me, and say, "What what day?" You know, people tend not to know for some reason, even though I write about it all the time. Uh, they say, "What day is, is John Morant going to play his first home game with the Grizzlies?" And I've kind of told you, December twenty first. That's the expectation. That's the day John Morant is planning uh, to be back, according to his NBA suspension. Uh, he's supposed to be back December 21st against the Indiana Pacers at home. How perfect matchup if you've been if you're a locked on Grizzlies listener, right? We had this whole Tyrese Halliburton John Morant conversation. Well, guess what? His first home game in Memphis against none other than Tyrese Halliburton, right? So it's going to be fun, and that game is going to be electric. You know why it's going to be electric? Because what did Anthony Edwards say the other day? FedEx Forum was dead. He has never seen FedEx Forum like that in his you know brief NBA career, and. You know, just as someone who's been at every game at FedEx Forum this season, uh, that wasn't the only game where the crowd didn't feel like the crowd of the past couple seasons. So uh, with that being said, that John Morant game is going to be the chance for all those things to end. You know, you hear him saying, you know, uh, Anthony Edwards saying the crowd was dead. You hear uh, Dylan Brooks saying the Grizzlies didn't have, you know, they don't have swagger right now. You hear someone like me saying the Grizzlies were a top paint scoring team last season. Now they're in the bottom third. They were a top transition scoring team last year. Now they're in the bottom third. Everything that I just outlined for the transition scoring, for the paint scoring, from what Dylan Brooks said about the swagger and and so forth, uh, all of that can kind of shift with the return of John Morant. Energy, energy, energy. Right. And that is what this team needs a shot of one way or another. It's what FedEx Forum needs a shot of one way or another. It's going to be hard to get up for the Utah Jazz on a Wednesday night. Makes me a little nervous about what the atmosphere will be there going into this contest. But we'll talk more about that coming up next here on Lockdown Grizzlies, as well as Jaws still nine games away. Desmond Bain is dealing with a sore foot, not on the injury report, which is good to see. But Jaron Jackson Jr. has not been performing to his standard. Getting him back offensively, you talked about his 41% field goal percentage on yesterday's show. What can the Grizzlies do to get him going? We're going to talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by eBay Motors. I'm a huge fan of the work that eBay Motors is doing this season with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd. Huge supporter of Josh Lloyd, bringing you some of the best fantasy picks each and every week. And the fun thing this week is whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, scouring the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. Josh has some eBay guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week, and we're going to go with somebody who we are familiar with, with former Coach Ivy of the Memphis Grizzlies coaching staff, Neil Ivy. Uh, her son, right, Jaden Ivy, is playing pretty well for the Detroit Pistons. The, the Detroit Pistons are not playing well. Don't get me wrong. They are struggling mightily, even worse than the Memphis Grizzlies. But Jaden Ivey is doing pretty well. The Pistons aren't really trying to win right now. Uh, they're going to continue to invest minutes in him, so that's one of Josh's picks for fantasy uh, selection. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is helping you win your fantasy championship, 
eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same exact thing with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride-or-dive car, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motors has it. Well, eBay's guaranteed fit is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. If you find something that matches or is better, they will get you your money back. At these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your vehicle alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to United States customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. DeMichael, we mentioned Jaron Jackson Jr. struggling right now, not scoring the basketball efficiently, doing well to get to the rim and, and get to the free throw line. That is important to point out. Still having a career year in terms of assists. He is not as predictable when he puts his head down, starts his dribble, starts his move to the rim, but still fairly predictable. You talk about him going left a lot uh, here on Lockdown Grizzlies, and you're exactly right about that. Um, obviously, opposing teams can game plan for that. Obviously, since it's Desmond and him right now and not much else offensively, it's easier to bring that double team and to not give him as many mismatch opportunities. So going into tonight's game, and this is kind of the start of our preview, but even beyond the Jazz, because obviously the schedule doesn't lighten up all that much, how does Memphis get their second best currently offensive option going, arguably their best two-way player offensively and defensively, that's not true right now because of his offensive struggles. He's still doing some good things defensively. He's showing growth in some areas of his game, but he has to get his groove back offensively or else this Memphis offense is not going to get out of its current rut. Um, Joe, I'm, I'm probably going to defer to you a little bit more on this one because my answer is simple. I really don't know. I, I mean, I'm looking at the games. Oh, and I see Jared. No. <laughs> I see, I see Jared. But look, Joe, I have reasoning behind it. But it's like I see him get to the rim and move guys out of the way. You say, "Oh, what a good move!" And then he can't finish the basket. Or, or a lot of times, you know, um, it comes when he's facing the double teams, and we don't see guys cutting off of him. But I haven't really talked about this much later. But I've talked to the players about this, and. No, I'm not gonna try. I'm not trying to stir up any drama here with this saying, but Ooh, I just feel like drama. from the conversations, from the conversations that I've had with the players, uh, I feel like some of them feel that Jaron could be better with making reads out of those double teams. Uh, the, the, the drama, drama being no, no, dropped no, here no, on Lockdown no, Grizzlies. No, no. Oh, the Michael no, Cole. It's I'm just calling you. It's just from Michael Cole. It's just it's simple basketball. Is what um, you know. Some players have said, like I know Desmond Bain says, hey, you know, uh, he was speaking in terms of himself uh, when when multiple guys are at him, he makes the right pass, things like that, blah blah blah. But uh, talking to some of the other guys, they say, hey, it's just simple reads, you know. Uh, when Jaron is put in those situations, because I asked the players, I said, when you're spacing the floor, and I'm talking about guys like you know David Roddy, Zaire Williams. Uh, you know, the John Contrast, the guys who are put in those positions where they're pretty – we basically see it, Joe. We see them just standing around, and we're like, why aren't they cutting? Why aren't they doing anything? And they said – and this is where the people that want Taylor Jenkins to go on are going to say, DeMichael and Joe, I told you. Uh, they basically said that uh, Taylor Jenkins and the coaching staff has emphasized spacing to the point where that is prioritized more than guys cutting 
you know, when with Jaron Jackson Jr. being in those situations. They want guys spreading the floor, maximizing spacing uh, for a guy like Jaron. But when teams, again, you said this uh, when we first had the conversation about the improved spacing. When teams don't respect your shooters, it doesn't matter. The whole Correct. spacing thing doesn't matter because if it's Zaire Williams and David Roddy and they're two below league average three-point shooters, then is it really spacing just because they're standing behind the three-point line? Like, we're, we're just keeping it honest right now. Like, we're, we're just being honest. Is it really spacing in that scenario? So, personally, I feel like, you know, we've seen Zaire Williams as a cutter. We talk about David Roddy when he gets downhill. I think it's things like that. You get Jared going more by teams' opponents being feared more by his playmaking ability. Uh, this whole just drive the basketball, uh, draw in defenders, kick it out to open shooters things, people aren't threatened by those guys. So I don't really think that's the answer. I think you've got to uh, have more guys cutting off of Jaren. You know, think back to a couple seasons ago, we saw, uh, you know, Steven Adams working, you know, from the elbow and Desmond Bain doing back cuts and Zaire Williams doing back cuts and John Morant getting back cuts and things like that. Like, we don't see much of that with Jaren. And granted, that's the Grizzlies offense this season. That's one of the changes, you know, with the new coaches, uh, the assistants and stuff like that. Uh, the bigs aren't working off of the elbows as much as they did, you know, in the past. So you don't see as much dribble handoffs in the offense now. You don't see as much just screen and roll, you know, in the offense now. It's more movement-based, but at the same time, my answer to this is I don't know because it's not as simple as getting out of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s way. Uh, teams have to be threatened by those guys on the other side. So my answer is I guess guys have to cut more, but that doesn't seem like something the Grizzlies are emphasizing. It's wild to, to hear you say that because you're exactly right. Like they're not doing a lot of those things, but ironically that was some of their best set offensive basketball was when yeah. they were at the elbow and they were running cuts and – direct handoffs and all those sorts of types of plays at and around the free throw line. That was some of their best half court offensive set work. You say that it's an offense prioritized on motion. And I know you're right. That's what they're trying to do, but there's not a ton of motion. There's a lot of isolation. There's a lot of standing around mm -hmm. and the Grizzlies, except for Desmond Bain, they're not good enough to do that. And I put Jaron Jackson jr. On that list because he is being a focal point defensively, especially when Bain's not on the floor. But even when Bain is there, they're throwing multiple guys at him. And yeah. it might be a simple read in terms of making a pass, but they have to be able – there has to be easier passes to make. Again, I, I have a football background. He's not throwing to Luke Kennard out there. Yeah. If you're able to throw a slant, my fat tail can throw a slant, right? A slant <laughs> pass, three steps, and come inside. That's an easy ball to throw. If you're trying to throw fades, if you're trying to go for an inefficient type of shot, even if the goal is to take it at the rim, or even if the goal is to have that spacing that you mentioned, you're exactly right. If yeah. your spacing is John Conchar, who doesn't shoot the basketball, even if he's good at it, he's hypothetically good at it because he doesn't shoot it. David Roddy, you know, the names that are currently out there in that mix are not threats to shoot and score from range consistently. It's not working. What, what's the saying? What's the acronym? KYP, know your personnel. The other opposing teams apparently do that better than Memphis. And because of that, Jaron is struggling. So I'm with you that I don't know how you fix it, except for going back to some of the stuff that they actually had success with in the half court, that for whatever reason they've decided that's the part that they were going to cut. I was hoping they would cut out the isolation stuff that's going on, and that's still very much a part of their yeah. offense. Kevin Durant's not walking through that door. They don't have those now, types of players. Now let's, let me add this. Let me add this because 
I, I want to add on to your point there about the isolation. When we were watching them early in the season, I don't think they were doing as much of this as right. they're doing now. Uh, when sure. Mark, when Marcus Smart, when Luke Kennard, when those guys were in the offense, it was much more movement, and I think that's what they want to get back to. But uh, from talking to Taylor Jenkins, like when I was in Houston, uh, I had a good talk with him, and it was kind of, I kind of feel like what he's saying without saying because he's never gonna you know call out players, but. He said that they're just having to rely on Jaron and Dez a lot right now. And part of that reliance is they just got to get those guys the ball because a lot of the other guys simply can't score on their own. And that's how we've seen, you know, in times where the Grizzlies look panicked, it's just Jaron Jackson Jr. ISO. Jaron Jackson Jr. ISO downhill. Desmond Bain, you know, uh, launching three-point shots, uh, gets offensive rebounds, launch another three-point shot, like – that's what we're seeing a lot of simply because a lot of the guys they have available just aren't guys that are going to go out there every night and score double-digit points. Like just Santi is your your other guy, and maybe Derrick Rose, guys you can say, hey, they, they'll go in and score double digits. But after that, you're kind of hoping. You're kind of hoping for someone else to do it. Fingers crossed, right? And, you know, hope is not a strategy. Hope is something that you hold on to to make yourself feel better about situations. But it's not a strategy. There has to be a plan in place. Hopefully, going into the game tonight, we see some tweaks to that plan. Not holding my breath, but there's always a fool's hope to Michael Cole. Uh, we'll talk about Grizzlies Jazz next here on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, I want to remind you of the fact that the Locked On Sports Today site or streaming channel has launched on YouTube, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, like DeMichael and myself, plus our national shows that cover each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is also brought to you by FanDuel. Things are loading up right now in terms of the sports calendar. The weather gets colder, but the NBA and the NFL and others are getting hot, hot, hotter on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right. You heard me correctly. $150 if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There is no better time to get in on this action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including things like spreads, player props, over-unders, the ever-popular same-game parlay, and so much more. So what are you waiting for as things get cooler where you probably are? Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get on a hot streak with the NBA, the NFL, and FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we preview, again, I feel like we've said this several times, if there was ever a must-win game on November 29th, uh, this would be one of them. Grizzlies Jazz, previewing it next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, joined by DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. I am the Memphis Grizzlies columnist over at Bluff City Media. We've been talking John Morant and longing in a weird and awkward way, at least on my end of the uh, spectrum, for his return here in a few weeks. Still far off from that. We've been trying to figure out how to get Jaron Jackson Jr. going offensively in particular. And it all kind of intertwines with the Utah Jazz because this is a team, to Michael, that, correct me if I'm wrong, the Memphis Grizzlies have seen the most of anybody yeah. this season so far, right? I think this is the third game that they're playing Utah. Yeah, yeah. Tied up. I tied with the Blazers, I believe. Mm-hmm. They've right. seen the Blazers so, twice, but this will be the most, yep. 
Yep. So this will be uh, this will put Utah at the top of the list. And Utah is getting healthier, right? Walker Kessler, we talked about yesterday, uh, getting a little bit healthier, getting back on the floor. Laurie Markkinen now, however, for the Utah Jazz is somebody that they'll be missing due to injury. So Utah doesn't have the injury concerns that Memphis does. No team really in the NBA currently <laughs> has those concerns. Uh, but they're going to be missing their best player in Markkinen. They have some guys that are stepping up. It's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. When you're 3-13, and 13, nothing should be considered easy. But I do think Utah is ripe for the picking in terms of this being the night that you sitting at FedEx Forum in the media section witness a victory. What are some of your keys for that to happen this evening? Well, I'm not going to call it a must-win game anymore. Remember uh, Locked On Yeah, Grizzlies yeah, that's true. Me, they told me not to say that anymore. They and did. They were right because the Grizzlies that's true. ended up losing a couple of those They games, lost so. it. We need to leave that out. I won't say that again. But getting to the keys of the game, it, just looking at this Utah team, uh, it's a similar situation from the standpoint of Walker Kessler's just returned to the lineup. Laura Markinen is out of the lineup. This current lineup that they have, it's not a lot of cohesion in it. John Collins, the last couple games, uh, hasn't been as good as John Collins was, you know, at power forward uh, before that. Uh, I was looking at his numbers in particular. Uh, when, when Walker Kessler's in the lineup, his numbers go down a little bit, as opposed to when he and Laurie Markinen were the front court and, uh, Kessler was out of the lineup. So he's still adjusting, playing long sounds like looks like he's taking more three-pointers. He's not getting as many rebounds, doesn't have the same defensive activity. And he was a guy who kind of hurt the Grizzlies, you know, in that last meeting. So you that front court pairing, uh, I want to say they're still working some things out. And that's kind of been where the Grizzlies have been hurt by the Jazz so far to this point. I think Laurie Markinen and John Collins have just done a, a good job of outproducing the Grizzlies front court. And so it starts there. Uh, Jordan Clarkson has been really good for that team. Uh, they're, they're throwing Keontae George in there at the point guard spot. He's kind of learning on the fly. I don't think he hasn't really done anything outstanding against the Grizzlies. But clearly, Jordan Clarkson is the guy. You talk about that lineup that they currently have. Walker Kessler's not going to score. Well, he, I don't expect him to score. I was about points. to say. Yeah, let, let me, let me be careful. Say. Let me be careful with my words now. Uh, I don't expect him to score, you know, 30 points. And, you know, John Collins has done it before he's very capable but again if we're talking about what we've seen up to this point with him and walker kessler in the front court it's going to be a while before they kind of figure out how that works together and then getting to the backcourt it feels like jordan clarkson is the one big threat you know abaji uh, you know he's going to shoot three pointers he's going to play sound and tough defense i'm pretty sure that's probably who's going to get the desmond bain assignment a very physical defender i just watched the watch them watch the jazz a little bit lately just to see a, a couple of their games uh, watch them against the Pelicans, uh, watch them against the Suns re recently. And uh, Abaji was guarding Devin Booker. Uh, he was guarding, you know, top, you know, perimeter options, you know, like Brandon Ingram and whatnot. So they really throw a lot at him. Looks like he's going to be the guy who gets Desmond, which is funny because he's kind of built like this in a little bit, you know, sure. Yeah, like an six, evil Spider-Man meme. Yeah, yeah, six five, <laughs> six five guy, a little stocky. I don't know what his exact wingspan is, but just from the the build with the big arms and you know six five, he's kind of built like him. But anyways, uh, that's kind of how I see Utah matching up with the Grizzlies. Getting back to your point, I think where the Grizzlies uh, need to shine in this game is. Uh, Walker Kessler is clearly uh, their rim protector, their shot blocker. It's going to be important to key in, keep an eye on him, because this is a game uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. does have a size advantage when it comes to John Collins. Uh, I want to see Jaron get downhill 
and finish some of those other opportunities that we've seen him get because uh, different from a couple of the teams that the Grizzlies have had, played against recently, uh, the Jazz aren't as big on the perimeter. Keontae George is like 6'5". Obagi is, you know, 6'5", but he's probably going to be guarding Dez. And then Jordan Clarkson is basically the size of a point guard. So when those guys come down to double, it's not really – Jaren's not even going to see them, you know, uh, pretty much. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how that works out as well. Uh, so I think, yeah, this is a very winnable game. And you've mentioned the Grizzlies haven't won a home game yet. And I envision if they don't win this one, there could really be some frustration because this is a very winnable game. Not only are you playing a team that only has five wins, you're playing a team uh, that also doesn't have an identity right now, just like the Grizzlies. You'd be getting another yelling spell, a yelling uh, speech from Marcus Smart on the bench. That's something else maybe we can talk about later on this week here on Locked On Grizzlies. Um, I, I think that you're right on. The lineup of the Jazz without Markinen makes for an interesting choice for Taylor Jenkins in terms of the starting lineup. And again, the minutes and how they're distributed, that's more important than who starts. But, you know, Santi Aldama has started next yeah. to his back beyond Bo, Jaron Jackson Jr. They've gone the more traditional two big lineups as well. David Roddy getting some run as the small forward. How they decide to begin the game is going to that's be a good What question. do they prioritize? Yeah, that, what do they prioritize? Do they prioritize a size advantage? Because they most certainly have it. Um, my default with Taylor Jenkins is going to be, he's going to, he's going to value defense. So I think it's going to be David Roddy. Roddy. Um, because I think he's going to assume that he could maximize the value of Santi in terms of his scoring while negating some of his defensive, uh, woes. If he's a reserve, Uh, Roddy's not going to give you a ton offensively, at least in theory, but he will provide some defense, some switchability. Uh, I think that he's going to try to keep it closer than hope that Santi can get hot. As a, <clears throat> excuse me, as a de facto six man type, I can see that. I can, I can see that too. And and here's what what I I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, just to kind of play devil's advocate here. Sure. Um, I think you could start Santi potentially, mm-hmm. and in this situation, oh, you have a huge size advantage with Santi. Being that this isn't the Boston Celtics, you know, who have a lot of size, even though he played well in that game, and. And whatnot, but you, you, not only do you have a, a pretty big size advantage, uh, but on top of that, the guys on the other end, you know, for for Utah, Abaji, uh, Keontae George, I'm pretty sure he'd probably be guarding Abaji. Not really a huge off the ball threat, you know. So if you you basically just be there, you close out, uh, and you know you don't you know have miss missed assignments defensively, give up wide open three pointers, which has happened a little bit recently. Uh, and Santi has been involved in some of those uh, sequences. If you stay attached to him and, and don't give up easy three-pointers, I think that is an assignment that Santi uh, can handle. Uh, when I'm looking at that Jazz lineup, only one guy really scares me offensively, and that's Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson is the microwave scorer, to say, uh, to be sure. And how Taylor Jenkins addresses the non-Markin in Jazz is going to be interesting to see because, again, Kessler is a good center, but he's not a scoring threat that way. Clarkson's the main guy. They're going to have a size advantage. Do they maximize it throughout the game? Do they try to really throw it all in at the start? I'm interested to see it. I know you're going to see it firsthand, front and center. there at FedEx Forum tonight. And with that in mind, that means that it's going to be a Joe Solo episode of Lockdown yep. Grizzlies on Thursday, taking you through all the different angles of Grizzlies jazz, those sorts of things. I might save my take on the Marcus Smart yelling stuff for the next time we're together, partner, because I'm interested to get your take on it as well. 
Um, but there's lots of stuff, even when the team is struggling, for the Grizzlies to uh, be discussed about from the lockdown Grizzlies perspective. And DeMichael and I, of course, will have your back on that as we close out the month of November and head into a December that's going to be pretty eventful with the return of John Morant and hopefully a lot of these injured guys make their way back as well. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Remember that Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Again, Lockdown Sports Today 24-7 covering the top, top, top sports stories of the day with local experts from Lockdown channels like myself and DeMichael, plus national shows that cover every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, Make sure you're liking, commenting, rating, reviewing, subscribing, wherever you're getting this podcast, as well as over on YouTube. So Michael and I are very appreciative. Another strong month, especially on YouTube, of growth for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's see if we can get to 3,000 subscribers by the end of 2023. That would make me a very happy boy on Christmas to get that gift underneath my uh, Christmas tree. Thank you to DeMichael for being a wonderful co-host as always. Thank you to you, wherever you're checking out the show. Whether you're an everyday or with us each and every time a new episode drops or it's your first time checking out Lockdown Grizzlies or somewhere in between, hopefully we will have you back tomorrow. For DeMichael Cole, I am Joe Molinax. Grizzlies, jazz, going to be a good one. We'll talk about it the next time we're together. Stay locked in, folks. Have a good one.